This week, Kyle tries his damnedest to make me cry. And I applaud the first truly effective anti-bullying message. I'm Kyle. And I'm, I'm Garrett. And we watch anime. Garrett, this week we tonally whiplash from frenetic, etchy nonsense to an endearing movie about regret and forgiveness. This week's movie is a testament to for Japan to truly tell stories through the medium of anime while simultaneously allowing for great lessons on the human condition. We hope this week everyone will take some time out of their 100th episode of One Piece to slow our rolls, feed bread to koi fish, and figure out how to empathize with our fellow man. That's right, this week we take on the emotional slice of life's drama known as A Silent Voice. Before we get Garrett, what are new fans going to be expecting from this episode? Kyle, if you tease deaf people, you're a human dirtbag and will have regrets for the rest of your life. That is true. I I think it's very easy. They did a very good job establishing the villain. <laughs> human indifference. You know, and then you're just like, oh man, this is kind of mean. And then but ultimately, it was a great uh, thing altogether. So uh, first off, we want to thank everybody for listening to us uh, and following us on our social media, on our, uh, sorry, on our host site, anchor.fm slash one podcast, or really anywhere your podcast is found. Just make sure when you do, you give us a five, 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 five star review. It really helps elevate our episode so more people can listen to it. Uh, but you can also follow us on our social media. So Garrett, hit them with those handles. Absolutely. If you're on Instagram, catch us at Wanwa Podcast or follow what we're saying on Twitter at Weeb underscore Noob. So Garrett, this is a very, very different tonally and uh, medium. Like it's, it's very different than what we've done before. Uh, we are, this is actually our first movie that we've ever done. That's right. We're at 91 yes. or 92 episodes and we've never done a full length feature. That's right. Uh, I think for me, a lot of times of the, the, what we do for this show is we try to like, I try to set a boat afloat for noobs to kind of start something that they might actually like. And you're kind of like helping understand that helping people understand what they're going to get out of it. But this, I think was a really good, um, it was very highly rated by a lot of people. It's a Netflix original, and I think was a good thing to cover all around. Um, uh, some sad housekeeping uh, for those, um, you know, not in the know is uh, I lost a pet. Uh, my cat Chase has gone up the Rainbow Bridge to meet all the other floofies up there in heaven. And uh, I'm pretty sure uh, Pet Heaven's called Heaven because it's cuter that way. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> wait, what do you think? What's it called? I'm going to call it Heaven with a B. <laughs> like you're just up there going i'm in heaven i'm a little, little kitty i'm in heaven yeah he's just hanging out waiting for you guys chilling yeah. chilling he's a good dude so licking uh, broccoli i don't know whatever <laughs> he finds on the counter <laughs> the boy had pika he had his interests and uh we weren't going to stop him for it so uh basically i wanted us to for me to have a chance to have something a little bit more emotional to be in my feelings. It'd been really hard to talk about anime breasts and or giant swords in this particular state. Mm. So I appreciate you, Garrett, and everyone else indulging me to do something that's totally not normally what we cover. Absolutely. Hey, I mean, we, in addition to allowing you some sort of anime therapy, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I think part of the mission of this show is to explore all four corners of, uh, the anime world and uh, this is a this is an important part of it 
Yeah, we never really touched on the sad, right? We we did a lot of if you were to do like the inside outification of our of our general tropes, we've right. done the angry, you know, the yeah. yelly. We've done the uh, you know, the scary. We've done the joyous, the funny, mm-hmm. and even done the disgusting stuff. You know, right? And we've done right? action, of yeah. course, adventure. Uh, but no, no, we got uh, we don't go sad very often. Now there might also be a lot less material from which to choose in there because sad doesn't sell that well. Right. Yeah. But also at the same time, I think you can easily make something funny. You can go to make these long drawn out jokes or you can just go and both of those equally have the same result. Right. Sad. You have to really do it right. Otherwise it seems like it's cheap. And I think this show does a really good job. Or I keep saying show this movie does a really good job of doing something that tonally get you to the place of sad without ham-fisting it you know that's the thing i i, I think about it right overall so uh what we're talking about is the movie a silent voice that's what it was called in the united states although if you look at the screen and you look at what it says in the actual movie it says a shape of a voice which is its actual name in english but we're going to call it what it says on netflix a silent voice which is a film based on a short manga that ran in 2016. Uh, it got the Netflix treatment and actually looks really, really good considering 2016. Um, it's actually, I thought, very, very colorfully and artistically done very well. What did you think about at least the aesthetic, Garrett? Uh, it, it was nicely done. I did find it a little like um, stilted and jerky mm-hmm. and right. not, not, not as fluid Mm-hmm. As as I, I would have liked, there was some awkward, uh, just there was an awkwardness into the, the mechanics of the way some of the characters move, but it, it yeah. looked very nice. Yeah, and I also think that for those that like frenetic anime, like with a lot of sound and noise and, and a lot of things moving, this show prides itself in the quiet and, and making a lot of things known in the, in the spaces that are quiet, so... Um, it's definitely slower pace, but I think it was it was ultimately very endearing. It's a very highly rated movie. It was mm-hmm. given uh, the Japanese Movie Critics Award for Best Animated Feature in 2017, uh, which I'm guessing is like their version of the Oscars. Uh, it won a lot of prizes for what it did, and okay. ultimately, you know, made a lot of uh, you know, it did make a crazy amount in the box office, but a lot of people liked it. And it's, it did really well on Netflix. So let's talk through what the show is, what the it is about, and we'll talk a little bit about the themes. We'll try not to spoil too much, but you know, ultimately, it's like you know, it's hard for us to talk about it without giving up more context. So, what is this is this movie about, Garrett? It is about a complicated relationship between two characters. Uh, I yeah. might butcher the names, but I, yeah. le- I believe it's Ishida mm-hmm. and Nishiyama. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ishida is a sixth grade student at his elementary school, and he's kind of the bully bully slash cool kid yeah because when you watch the beginning it was really weird because the first five minutes was the who's my generation and him just having a grand old time you know everybody just giving everyone noogies yeah just everyone's getting noogies someone's getting like the chris jericho lion tamer right oh and he was definitely trying to give wedgies just all over the place like he's just like that like that cool cat in elementary school like yeah everybody likes me he was like Bully Maguire from Spider-Man 3. He was just like, you know, figure gunning <laughs> with like emo hair and everybody was and, just loving and him. And that's the thing is that he was not unliked. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was, he was a bully, but he was not unliked. And one day in class, the teacher 
who's the most apathetic loser in the world, and a lot of this right. is his fault too, introduces the class to a new student, Nishiyama. And he's like, come on, Nishiyama, introduce yourself. Introduce yourself. Come on, say something. This say is, something. If there was a 101 on how not to... Uh, how to not introduce and or acclimate a handicapped person into a, a neurotypical, developmentally typical, whatever world that you live in. Yeah. This is the 101 on how to do it. <laughs> right. It's like you've never fought a lion and someone puts you in a room with a chair and they're like, you got this, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely the case. You good? You got this? Cool. You good? You good, right? Okay. And never, and never like actually check the second time. Right. right. It's just like, you good? Okay. And then just leaves. And so once she realizes he's talking. Yes. Because what's up with uh, her name is Shoko uh, Nishiyama. So yeah, we'll call her Shoko. Shoko. Uh, and he's Shoya, which is, so they're both Shochans at some point, but yeah. Right. So yeah. What's Nishiyama slash Shoko's, what's her jam? So she is deaf. And so she pulls out a notebook from her backpack. And she explains to everyone with text that she's written in the notebook that if they'd like to communicate with her, she'd really like that. And they can use her notebook and they can get on the same page. Right. Um, and at first, this goes over like pretty well. Yeah. With the class, uh, a few of the girls ingratiate themselves and, and develop a relationship. But right. um, Shoya, our, our lead male here, is just a jerk. Right. He doesn't want to be welcoming. He he treats her as that weird outcast and mm-hmm. takes every chance to be mean to her, to toss things. And she just keeps saying, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. And I'm yeah. sure that this is a defense mechanism because she's not really understanding everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that she internalizes it as her fault, that she has made some social faux pas that she needs to apologize for. And eventually yeah. uh, there's this, one of the characters that is friendly in the beginning, Ueno, um, a real grade A B-I-T-C-H. For all, for like pretty much the whole movie, save for like the last 10%. No, no the last 10 seconds. Yeah. And like the first five minutes and everything else in between. You're like, yeah, because here's the thing. And that's what I think. I think they did a really good job this this there's two things that they did that honored the nuance of the situation and then there's another thing that kind of dishonored it the first thing we'll talk about is the honored part because they show what it's like when someone new or different is introduced to a a a, a quote-unquote typical group right Mm -hmm. you introduce the deaf girl to the school wow this is a new thing and there's novelty what is this thing oh, you write only? Well, I'm going to write with you. And it's more of a curiosity slash freak show in that way until people start realizing that it's a burden. And yeah. then they start getting less nice about it. And I think that's what the show did a really good job of honoring. It's like, right. other people are mean. It's just that no one prepared them for the burden of it. Right. And, and they so- really, this is not just something you do sometimes. This is something you have to do all the time with her. She cannot hear you. So, right. Yeah. And so Ueno hits that wall. Yeah. And she eventually starts getting mean and excluding right. her. And and truly tragic, I mean, sad, is um, Shoko keeps putting her, clasping her hands together and trying to confirm we're friends, right? We're friends, yeah. right? And yeah. she's just not getting that in return. And Ueno starts teasing her behind her back, saying things behind her back because she can't hear it. Right. Uh, Ishida is 
uh, not, I keep saying Ishida, sorry, Shoya. Shoya uh, continues uh, his path of bullying. Right. And ultimately, uh, it kind of leads to this moment where uh, he throws her notebook that she uses to communicate mm -hmm. into a pond. Right. But also and what we got to, but we also, you're absolutely right. That is the, the thing that formulated the worst of it. But really what you have to remember is these kids take this girl's hearing aids and if what was told later, at least eight of them. Over, over five months, yeah. Over five months and threw them into water, right. which we all know hearing aids are not cheap. They are very, very expensive. And it and and one time they did to the point where she started bleeding. That's that's how bad the bullying got with it. But it also leads to another point is that what they're trying to point with this movie, and I'll let you go after this, is that what you're trying to get, what you're gauging for both Shoya and Ueno is that they're hurt themselves, right? Like they call it hurt people, hurt people. Mm -hmm. right? if, they, if you're going to take anything from this movie, it's that idea of the people that tend to do bullying are those that themselves have hurt yeah. and they're not being heard or recognized or listened to. And therefore that's where the lashing out happens. Got it. So that's what happens here. There's more to talk about in this series, but Garrett, what was your point that you were going to make? Oh, I was just going to say that when they finally address the bullying in school, it is yet again, the worst Yep. by doing it in a public manner and then bullying the bully, mm -hmm. which that teacher started. He slams right. the, the, he like literally so, slams so, so it. Let, let's, yeah. let, let me just reel it back real quick. Give yeah. some context. So show, uh, show, uh, Shoko is really, really trying, but she's just running up against like walls here. And there's an altercation between, um, <coughs> there's an altercation between Shoya and Shoko. And the next day, um, Shoko is absent from class. And right. the principal comes in and is like, class, you might see that Shoko's not here. Okay. Yeah, um, like really matter of fact. Uh, you know, that she's lost all these earpieces. Okay. So mm -hmm. has anyone, okay, seen any bullying? Okay. <laughs> and like, no one's going to give it up. Right, I mean, like, oh, like the snitch because you know what they get. They get stitches. Kids, and that's when they'll turn on one another. But exactly, anyway. that's when the sociopathy comes out. Right, but so they do it in public, and no one's giving it up. And finally, the teacher who has let this all go on under his view—he's he, a lot to, at fault for this. He's the adult of the situation. He did yes. absolutely nothing about it, and mind you. Also, what he did—this is something that's crazy—is that he didn't adjust his lesson plan at all for this poor girl so he's like okay read this sentence and this poor girl who has no vocal uh you know vocal abilities you know there's a word for it where they have poor uh association more vocal association so she can't speak um it's like just like going out there going like you know the you know the classic you know you never gonna catch me style voice is trying to talk and yeah. and then she's like good so that the next kid, I, uh, Ishi, Ishida, our boy Shoya, stands up and goes, oh, I'll read it like she did. And like that was, the teacher could have fixed that, right? Well, he goes, uh, this is, we're still in class. Like that's all he said. Yeah, exactly. So so get off your high horse b-hole. Right. For and then also before we get to the what the teacher does in this classroom, I know this is in your notes. Yeah she's she has to take their chorus class i would that this is the thing this is where i said they dishonored this idea 
because first off, I want to point out that it was a great job done by Shoko's voice actress, uh, who is Sayori Hayami. But here's where they disowned it. She is fully hearing. She's not deaf whatsoever. So this, so I wonder what they did when they said, okay, you're a deaf girl, go ahead. Like, like, how did you, how did you find a woman to play this disability in a way? That's my first question. Like you didn't even think twice to have anybody who may have had that distinctive vocal differential that can happen without it being someone doing a parody of it almost in my mind. And then secondly, in the, the chorus, it was really bad because like, it's just like this woman's like, dun, 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 like, dun, like, dun, dun, dun. And then the girl has no idea when the thing starts. So she just randomly starts singing randomly. And it's just like, this poor girl, don't put her chorus. Don't make her read out but loud. But you know what though? Part of me, I, I understand like, part of me, she, she probably wants to be like her classmates. So right. if you had told her, that she couldn't be in chorus, I bet she would have been more upset by that because it would have been one more thing to separate her out from her, her classmates. But anyway, so she's she's going through all this. And so back to the scene in which the principal's like, okay, guys, is anyone bullying her? Okay. And <laughs> finally, the teacher slams his hand up against the chalkboard and he's like, show ya, you mother effer. <laughs> it's you. We know you, it's you. We know it's you. You did this. You start shouting. You little dog turd. <laughs> doesn't he call him a little dog turd? I, no, he does. I don't know. I'm pretty sure someone gets called a dog turd throughout the course. Oh, that's of right. Oh, uh, that's his uh, green haired friend. Oh, yeah. And so, but, so, yeah. And so, as you said, yeah. And it became this new thing where now they bully the bully. And He's be, he becomes an absolute social outcast and pariah. Right. And that translates all the way through into high school where he is now. And we didn't bring up what happens in the beginning of the movie is that he starts, you see his character when he's in high school, he gives his, his mother, what we assume to be his mother, a big envelope that says, here's all the money that I owe you. Mm-hmm. Here is all of this and this and that. And he, the, and- he rips the April calendar on the 15th mm-hmm. and rips all the days off after the 15th. Mm-hmm. And then he writes like final day. So it's showing him preparing to kill himself. He mm-hmm. gets on the bridge about to jump and then fireworks go off. And then he just decides not to. So, yeah. Um, and I think what's a really poignant part too, because we're going to transition out of his elementary school years first is that his mother is this single mom doing it all her own, making money just as a, as a hairdresser, hears that her son's bullying and like goes up to the mom of Shoko and Shoko just straight up B smacks <laughs> everything. <laughs> She's not, she, she, she basically Will Smith's, uh, you know, show, show you as Chris Rock and then rips her earring out. And that's what you see. And so, oh, so that's what that was. Yeah. The mother, the, I, I was wondering. So yeah. basically, uh, so show mom was trying to like rectify the Make situation. Right, yeah. Gate, took out money from the bank to pay for all the lost um, uh, hearing aids, hearing aids and yeah. everything. And really, and, and Shoka's mom got physical with her? Yep, and she pulled her earring out so you can see what happened as you see a full tear on her bottom lobe and her earring missing and blood coming out. So the mom, and I think that's what really kind of set him off was the idea that like, now I'm hurting people that I love versus you know acting out at school. And you see him in high school now, he has 
grown to have this real social anxiety. Right. Um, I mean, he's playing tic-tac-toe with every... No, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm teasing. So for those who have yeah. no idea what that reference is, um, as Cal just said, he, de- he has developed a social anxiety and everyone that he can't talk to that is sort of an unsafe space and unsafe right. sp- person to speak to has an X over their face. Yes. Uh, it also serves the purpose that if he were ever to befriend people, the X disappears and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's a nice visual cue. And especially since the X's don't just like fade, they're like paper and they just like flop off the person's face. So yeah. I thought that was a really nice cue. And it's a good way of showing him recognizing a safe space of who to talk to or who's someone mm-hmm. who can be made consider friends. Because I think that's what the beauty of this movie is when you talk more about it and its themes is this a silent voice isn't just talking about Shoko, the the character, the the deaf girl, but also the kind of internal struggles we all face to make friends, to be to to make things right, to 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 not burden people. Mm-hmm. It's that sense of like burden that we carry internally and that we don't necessarily express outwardly. So you know, ultimately, it's to say that this this movie really benefits from that from that visualization of like you know Ishia's Shoya's kind of um, struggle with his social anxiety and 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 making right his guilt because that's a lot of thing he felt he feels a lot of guilt over what he did guilt to his mother guilt to this girl guilt to all of his friends who don't like him anymore because he's right. very popular so. I think what we're, we're, we see is it's not so much a redemption arc because now he just all of a sudden stands on a soapbox and says, as of today, I'm going to be a better man. And, you know, and well, well no, what what happens is when he decides not to kill himself, he goes to breakfast the next morning mm-hmm. and his mother makes him breakfast and he eats a fried egg in the weirdest way you could possibly eat a fried egg. <laughs> With, uh, by the way, a small child around. So everything that Garrett's about to explain Imagine a small, dark, dark-skinned child is just randomly walking around and hears. Well, everything. yeah, it's his half. It's his half black niece. Correct. Yes, but it had no context when you're just like right when they talk about the thematic things the mother brings up when she talks to the the son. Yeah. So go so, ahead. So he's there at breakfast, and uh, his mother's like, "Oh, show you, you must be doing some good." You're part-time job paying me back thank you so much and he's like yeah yeah you know it's fine she's like cool 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 so uh you know why do you want to kill yourself and he's like what uh uh just things have been tough and she's like i knew it i knew you were trying to kill yourself she's like you made that creepy ass calendar (laughs) you gave me all this dumb money you sell off the comic books and then she goes, tell me you're not going to do it again. And he's like, I won't. And she holds up the money money, and with a lighter. And she's like, I swear I'm going <laughs> to burn this money if you do it again. He's like, oh my God, I won't. I won't. And he like, finally, he like promises, I will not try and kill myself again. And then she accidentally lights. lights the envelope of cash on fire and then drops it onto the griddle so they can't pull it off and they've just burnt however much uh, yen. It was one, I, she said 1.7 million yen. So this this MFR saved up $17,000 to his mother. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So if you think about that. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money he saved up to make And then the next day, she's like, hey, I'm really sorry I burned it, but we don't want to spend the money you saved up to kill yourself, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right, 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 son. Right, remember when you tried to kill yourself and you didn't do it? But it's this interaction where he's like, okay, 
I have promised my mom I'm mm-hmm. not going to kill mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should try and make an effort. I don't even know. Yeah. So he's he's walking. I, I might miss a part, but I think yeah, that's okay. get to what the important one is. Is He's walking through this, uh, through like sort of the, the bike parking lot of the, the high school. And he sees this kid from his class um, kind of getting pushed around by someone who's like, hey, let yeah. me borrow your bike. Let me borrow your bike. Come on, I need a bike. He's like, oh, why don't you use your own bike? And he's like, I don't have one. That's why I need to borrow yours. Come on, come on. And and so Shoya sees this and he thinks about it and he thinks about it. And my first thought was that he was going to straight up interact and be like, take your hands off him, you know? Yeah, yeah, to come be the white knight he doesn't of it. do that. He goes, oh, you could actually, you know, you could, you could borrow my bike. He, he goes up and he's like, you can borrow my bike. And the guy's like, really? Okay, cool. And of course he steals it. He's like, you're swell. <laughs> That's my favorite line of the whole thing. It's like, man, you're a great guy. <laughs> and he leaves and steals the bike. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so he steals the bike. And so he's sad about that, but like, whatever. He, he did something nice for someone. And sure enough, this other character who has this like he's like horse shack with like a green afro yeah he's got like you know i would say if you if you were to take the club suit mm-hmm. from cards and put it on someone's head that's what this guy has yeah and then painted it green and then painted it green yeah and and so he actually finds show his bike and he brings it back to him and shows mm-hmm. like, what, what is this he's like it's your bike i i you were so nice to lend to that guy and I heard it was stolen and I looked all around. I looked all around and I finally found it just laying there in a field. And so I wanted to, wanted to bring it to you. So here's your bike. Yeah. And he was, and and then this guy immediately. So the X, the X falls falls off off this guy's Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think another kind of common theme in this is that people's inhibitions or your ability to kind of connect with someone comes from you making the leap for empathy and that's what I think that they're finding is that they don't they don't do the obvious thing, which is guy does wrong, guy does everything to do to make it better. That's not what it, this character does at all. She didn't ever find himself to be a hero in any of this this story. He's just like, I'm not I'm gonna stop being a D about this stuff. I'm gonna try to be nice in instances where I can, mm-hmm. just trying to do my best in that way, right? Yep. And what he's finding in return is not he's finding good karma's coming his way, not because of like special ability, but that like people are actually liking him back, even though he does, he personally feels he doesn't deserve it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a really sweet understanding of this story. And he goes, and I don't know why he necessarily, because they don't really explain it all that much. He goes to a class that has uh, sign language as, which by the way, the, it's really funny that they put ASL in some of the, the subtitles. I'm like, that's American Sign Language, you dummies. Is uh, <laughs> those are two different things than what Japanese people do. But he, uh, yeah, he goes to the class and he bumps into Shoko, who is now a very pretty high school student herself. Yep. And she like runs and hides from like, Meep! you know, like runs and like hides. It was a very cute like, you know, right. chase scene. Although, look, the thing is, is she's deaf. Yeah, she shouldn't be stupid. Yeah, crouched next to a railing in the middle of an open hallway. Yeah, that is not what you you are not winning hide and go seek. (laughs) Yeah, they make her seem a little bit too like Pollyanna for someone who's going through like such ordeals that she does. But yeah, needless to say, 
what he's she's surprised to find that he himself has learned sign language Mm -hmm. which is interesting because a lot of people talk at her even though she has a hearing aid but i just i just find it easy because like only some signs are done like it would very much i was going to find a way to interject this garrett but remember the do you remember mr holland's opus yes (laughs) and that scene where his son who is also deaf he starts he tries to sing beautiful boy to him from john lennon and he's just like beautiful 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 cool like that's what it reminded me of it's just like singing a lot and then just like random c comes up like oh like right so it's like a lot of like hey i'm really sorry i bumped into you yeah and then you just look at one side by by the way this is all like ever more relevant for anyone who watched the oscars last night the good parts of the oscars here i'm crossing my arms because i've gotten so lucky that the stuff i've picked has been relevant to things that are actively happening in the world right i don't want it to seem like i'm a genius because i'm not uh, a lot of luck (laughs) Uh, there was a lot of Oscars won last night, uh, by Coda, which was a small independent Mm -hmm. film that did well at Sundance and is sort of about a a deaf lead character and his family. Right. Right. And, and so the actor won best supporting actor. Uh, but this reminds me when you talk about when he's going beautiful, beautiful boy. And it's like, he's like barely signing. Yeah. Uh, it kind of made me think last night, I, if I'm not mistaken, Coda won best adapted screenplay. And when the woman who adapted it, adapted it, accepted her award, she went on this mega quick rant and her signer was like, exactly. Yeah. I was like, Oh my God, you're going to get carpal tunnel. Like she was like, if you want to see someone who like can really kill it at ASL interpreting, watch the woman who had to, uh, do the translation for Eminem's rap god that yeah. really fast part he gets and she's just like and she's like killing it at least she got to rehearse that yeah that's very woman last night and also I'm not I'm not entirely unconvinced that we didn't watch this because neither you or I are willing to pay for an Apple plus subscription to watch that makes me so mad the this is just like another disclaimer folks like there are too many streaming services and I don't think there should be any such thing as a streaming exclusive period. It should either be, it should be on the streaming site and then be on Amazon instant. And that's it. Like have it rentable and then have the money go to Apple, but have it be somewhere where I can give money to someone as one shot to bring to your service. Don't make me be like, well, if you wanted to watch this great movie, you have to like sign up for weekly service from me when well, I only even, want the one. Even if Apple wanted to keep it on their service, but there was a one-time fee to watch it. Right. I would, I would accept that. Like, don't make it so that I have to sign up for perpetual service. Well, but I mean, that's, the, that's the business model. Right. And, and, mm-hmm. and we're kind of getting off course, but we'll just kind of Netflix is infinitely wise because they started by having licensing everyone else's product and they saw the writing on the wall when things started falling off netflix in the beginning i was like oh man this sucks why is this falling off why is this falling off but netflix knew they knew they had to plow billions of dollars into original Mm -hmm. content because you know who can take that original content away Mm -hmm. nobody they Mm -hmm. own it it's there in perpetuity and people can binge it um whereas you know 
friends was going to leave and why spend hundreds of million dollars on friends if you can create a straight try and create a stranger things and it might never be the same but they've certainly had enough of their own hits and so that's why all of these services need to create their own original content um mm -hmm. I just but, don't be, but don't be shocked when i don't get your service then that's like the thing it's like it, right. all it does is it makes me bummed that i will never see like it. i have peacock solely because my credit card as a part it's a benefit of my credit card that i have peacock mm -hmm. otherwise i ain't doing it but right. we have we have sort of fallen off here but hey right it's gonna get worse with streamers yeah. before it gets better right exactly so back to the problem at hand so what we're finding is that it's not so much that he's writing the wrongs um, of his relationship with Shoko. Shoko is this it's kind of a Pollyanna bunny rabbit that's just really happy to anybody who's willing to talk to her. Right. And then you got this guy who's just like really depressed and really upset with his life and just trying really hard not to be a D-bag. Mm -hmm. And their relationship is really, really nice. And then all people are starting to notice it, right? They're starting yep. to notice that they're getting along albeit they have this history like neither of them have actually acknowledged their history throughout most of this movie they just talk about where they are in the moment and i think that's a very sweet gesture even though a lot of people are trying to bring up hey remember you used to like bully this girl and scream in her back of her head and then like do all this stuff at her and like and he's just like yeah no that was you can go now i don't i don't need to you know i don't need this around right now it's it's a very sweet thing to hear and then all of a sudden we get a kind of a gatekeeper by the name of uh, what we'll now later know as Yuzu, mm -hmm. um, who looks like a boy at first, but is found to be uh, Yushoko's sister, little sister. And just the relationship between those two is a very interesting one because she can hear fully, but she's very protective of her sister, but then also puts herself last in a lot of instances as well. And I think they really pull, for like a movie that's two hours long, they really pull a lot of different characters, threads sure. very well. And sure. like what their what their problems are that they go through, and I just I don't know about you, but I think that there was no one that I felt no one's uh, character development that I felt was rushed, or and then I think that didn't get resolved. And I, did you feel that as well when you were watching this movie? Because that's what I felt. I agree. I did not feel there was one instance that I felt kind of came out of nowhere, and I right. was confused by. Right. And that was I'm not giving anything away. It was the death of their grandma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Was she sick? What happened right. here? Right. It didn't explain anything. <laughs> but, but but anyway, no, I didn't I didn't feel it was so so yeah. So Yuzu um is introduced to us and initially after that chance meeting at the sign language school, uh Shoya tries to meet up with Shoko and he remembers that she said that she likes to go feed the carp in the river bread. So he goes to his bakery mm -hmm. and it's this beautiful baguette. And he goes to the classroom and he tries to say hi to Shoko and the classroom door opens. By the way, a lot of students playing guard at the classroom door in yeah. this movie. Yeah. That was that was a little weird. Um, and he looks in and he sees Shoko and he's like, oh, hey, I'm here to see Shoko. And Yuzu's like, she's not here. He's like, no, no, no. Like, I totally see her right over there. Oh, a little she here. here. <laughs> get, get, go on, get, get. <laughs> and so when 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 Shoya walks away entirely like confused um, and Shoko's like, hey, what was that? And he's like, uh, Yuzu's like, don't worry, it was just a rat. That's another thing that's uh, Yuzu not only has a, as a gatekeeper for, his, for her sister, but also has a very weird hobby and that she likes to take pictures of dead animals. 
And that was my big, like, okay, well, apparently <laughs> that's a thing. <laughs> so, but basically what happens is, is that Yuzu and uh, uh, what's her, Shoko have a fight and then, but Yuzu runs away from home for a little bit and like sleeps at a playground for a little bit and reunites with uh, Ishida slash Shoya and they kind of bip a bit and he's like, I'll take you home. They go home to Shoko's house, which is, you know, he f- finds out later. No, to Shoya's house. Shoya's house. Shoko's house. No, he goes with Yuzu to her house, basically to Shoko, the deaf family's house. And the mom walks out and slaps him in the face. And that's after she was stuck in the rain. And I think that nice gesture. Oh, oh, well, well, it was more than just that. Just to back it up. Yeah. They do go to Shoya's house first. And his yeah. family makes dinner for Yuzu. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and like they make Marie, the random child. Yes, the random child that's like, there. Feed Yuzu like it looked like um bugger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um and so that's when he walks Yuzu home and out of nowhere comes the mom on a mission who just like Chris rocks the hell out of uh, sorry, <laughs> Will Smith out of uh, his his Chris Rock face. Yeah. And so he it seems like the two of them are now getting along. Shoko's getting along. It seems like he's not doing anything to particularly make her feel bad. Uh, you meet Ueno again later, and and she is part of a cat cafe, which I think is kind of cute. Uh, but she's trying really hard to just be like, what the hell, man? This girl, like, you're still talking to her and stuff like that. She's oh, and real- she's in high school. When she comes across Shoko, she tries to, like, oh, like old times, and takes her earpiece. Yep, exactly. So he's like, chill out, man, and yeah. takes it back. And she's like, fake friendships, and, like, <laughs> runs away. So she's constantly, like, she's constantly being a real D about this for the whole time. And he's trying really hard to, like, just try to be nice to, to, to Shoko. He does like her. She seems to, and what was really cute. And I think this is the, probably the cutest moment of the whole movie was Shoko uh, wants to confess to him. That's a big thing in Japanese is that, is that the girls, most, a lot of girls like to confess to the guys that they like, that they like him. Mm-hmm. And so she invites him. She puts her ponytail up, trying to look really fancy and cute. Mm-hmm. She tries to tell him, Daisuke, which is the Japanese word, which means I like you. It says I love you in the thing. It's, it's not that serious. She says Daisuke, which means like I really like you. I'm like, I like you more than a friend. And he doesn't hear it. He hears the word Suki, which is very similar to Daisuke. And so he thought she said moon. And she's just like, yeah. She's like, she's really like, <laughs> And then she runs home, throws herself on her bed, and Yuzu's like, what's wrong? And she's, like, wagging her feet, and she won't answer, but she'll text. And she's like, I told him I liked him, and he didn't understand me. Ah!" Yeah, no, it was a very cute moment. I thought that was, especially with her kicking and kicking and kicking and kicking and stuff like that, that was really really cute. So, uh, ultimately, for me, I feel like this movie leads a lot into just several themes. The one is the silent voice refers to the guilt we carry, the the hurt that we feel that we put onto others. Um, it also displays uh, depression very well, especially with the X thing. It shows like isolation, how you feel separate from people. So without going further into the story, what I do want to say is that this movie is a very beautiful movie, both thematically and how it's portrayed. Mm-hmm. It's very well paced, which I really liked. And it very much so... It uh, doesn't do anything cheaply. Uh, it takes time, and it does a lot of quietness. It does a lot of time 
it takes time in between for you to get what's happening. There was also some that. really wonderful like frame shots with like um, I something yeah. standing out to me moments where like a character and in particular is probably show you where he's interacting with people and they turn their back on them. And, and what you see is you just see like a close up of the feet and the feet are facing him and then the feet turn and then they walk away. Yeah. And there was there was just like a real it was very thoughtful. Everything seemed intentful, no matter what's happening, whether it's like a koi eating bread versus rain pitter-pattering on an umbrella. They really did a good job of framing this movie as if it was a triple, you know, a a top tier Hollywood movie. They wanted every scene and shot to be intentful as if what they were doing cost money just to be there kind of thing. You know, because like, you know, Hollywood shots will be like for a five minute take will cost millions of dollars and hours and hours to take. They wanted to have that same weight to everything. I also think that it was really nice to show the, to be honest about disability, that it's not like, it's, it's very easy to be nice to someone with a disability. It's another thing to understand and, or be willing to adjust to their the burden of it, mm-hmm. which was, which was shown later in the show. And I also feel like, um, the big message that I took from it ultimately, and I think the thing that touched me the most, and they brought it up in like as a diatribe in the movie, is that um, we as a society consist of a world of a lot of people that are trying to say, listen to me, you know, know my story. And it takes a very special type of empathy to be willing to listen to what that is, right? Mm. Um, everybody feels like they're a burden to others. Everyone feels like, they're at fault or or blames themselves for stuff and it takes a lot of empathy and or willingness to go outside of your own head to try to understand someone else and so i really appreciated the thematic messaging of the thing and i will say this is a very i i I very much think this is a very good overall movie even if it wasn't an anime Mm -hmm. is a very good movie in that way to just kind of display so uh, I, I do not disagree with you. Yeah. So let's go to the kind of classic uh, stories because I don't want to milk this thing too much. I don't want to give away too much of the story. But suffice to say, it's a really cute story about this relationship and a lot of the people that get hurt by, by you know, people being uh, not being very kind to others and just like mm-hmm. recovery, regret, depression, all that stuff. It's a very sweet and hearing movie. So my question, I'm not even going to ask you, would you keep watching? Would you recommend this to someone who doesn't even watch anime? Maybe as just a normal movie. Would you recommend this to people as, as something? I would with the caveat that a lot of the movies real heavy. Yeah. Like the way, uh, the way I would describe it as, is I watched it. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I appreciated it. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't watch it again. Okay. There's no, it's not rewatchable. It's not, you know, the Avengers, right? Right. People who love the Avengers can throw it on and watch that movie five times over. Mm-hmm. But you don't watch Schindler's List five times in a row. Mm, you, you know, it, it's uh, you appreciate it for what it is. And every few years when it's on, maybe you're like, yeah, this is a good film. Let's, yeah, let's you, you kind of have to be in a, a certain space to watch a sad movie like this one, I would say. Sure. I would also say that it, I maybe have this little bit of rose-colored glasses because I love the medium of anime and I can, mm-hmm. I can, I can get past its, its, its nuance in order to get to what the story is. Like, yep. I'm going to bring up another Oscar movie that I don't know if this is going to offend your sensibilities, Garrett, but there's a movie on Netflix as well called The Power of the Dog, which everybody 
and their mother is saying was the front runner to win the whole thing. Yep. I will tell you, it was the most wretched, miserable experience I've ever watched in my entire life. Yep. I under, but I also understand that the sensibility of the Western, the long, quiet, you know, intentful so stuff. It's very Western in that sensibility. Like Jane Campion has a very specific type of movie she makes. Mm-hmm. And I understand that that sensibility isn't for everybody as well. So I, I, as much as I love Westerns, I did not watch Power of the Dog, but I will tell you something very interesting. It yeah. was either WAPO or Wall Street Journal uh, paid somebody to um, to go out and ask 4,400 people who had watched at least 75% of the 10 nominated movies for Best Picture and rate mm-hmm. them in different ways. And I'm sure you've seen these maps. There's like, it's like four quadrants and then it looks like a spider web in the middle of it. And it based yeah. upon answers, it pulls in any mm-hmm. one direction. And in particular, this, this, uh, this study really sort of looked at quality and uh-huh. enjoyability. Right. And of all the 10, yeah. Power of the Dog rated near the top mm-hmm. of quality mm-hmm. and dead last in enjoyability. Mm. And what, what it says is, I understand the quality of what I'm seeing. Right. It's not an enjoy, you don't enjoy right. watching it. You, you watch Power of the Dog once, and even if you like it, it's probably five or ten years before you watch it again. Exactly. And that's why I think I'm going to, and that's the reason why I used it as a a metaphor for this movie that we watched too, is that you have to be in the A right space, B, understand the right sensibility of the medium of anime, because anime does a very specific thing too, just like Westerns Mm -hmm. do a very specific thing too. Um, So I think if you are an anime watcher, and so that's what's going to lead us toward the movie noob score, right? So the Weeb Noob score doesn't necessarily mean a show's good or bad or even a movie's good or bad. It means how excited we are to watch it. This is going to be probably more nuanced of a Weeb Noob score, so I wanted to give all that caveats prior to it and say that my Weeb score for this is I'm going to give it a, a 9 because for Weebs who understand the slow nature of some anime, the, the structure of it, how things move and how slow it can be sometimes, since you already pre-understand the, the, the nuance and the structure of anime and the medium in general, you can understand and enjoy as garrett said you, you get through all the quality to get to the enjoyability of the story i don't think as a new fan you might get that same experience so i'm assuming maybe i'm wrong that 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 might be the case for what new fans might experience garrett do you agree or not i do i do and i'm sorry what was the number you gave it i gave it a nine it's a very stunning and well done story done through the medium of anime so for me, the story and the narrative elevated this movie. Mm-hmm. For the actual animation, I'm close to you. Okay. okay. I'm going to give it an 8.5. Okay. And to your point about being into anime, and I know you've been into anime for, for a long time. Last night, a film won the best animated short. Uh, at the Academy Awards, and I believe that film was called The Windshield Wiper. The Windshield Washer, yeah. And if you saw the acceptance speech with the director, Alberto Mielgo, uh, Mielgo uh, apologies if I'm mispronouncing that, uh, 
he had a very brief speech, but in his speech, he said, animation is here as an adult medium. Oh, I love that. Animation is here to stay. It is not a passing fad. Basically, mm-hmm. like, this is not for children. This is, this is a real thing that demands your respect and the things that we can do with it are incredible and so mm, uh mm. you know that's one man's opinion it happens to be the man who won well, i don't know but i don't know if you people can hear it, but i'm kind of beating it snapping in my in the back right now like, yeah buddy yeah give it to us man yeah <laughs> no i agree i think that's the point i think this is one of those things that i actually think is is art it's high art on top of being a good anime slash movie so uh it looks like we weren't too far off so i really it's it's an interesting and i would recommend it highly recommend to people but once again it's a movie so be willing to be depressed and sad for two hours essentially if you're willing to do that right uh and if you're watching it on your computer netflix does allow you to watch it at one and a half speed <laughs> i appreciate garrett's uh tricks on how to speed watch uh these things but uh i know so i watched the first hour in regular mm-hmm. time and i'm like okay i got the feel of this let's go <laughs> no, so he couldn't pick up with the with the sign language like come in <laughs> the fingers are flying by <laughs> So as we uh, listen to our silent voices to waft ourselves into bed, it is always important to hear your thoughts. He is a silent voice and artistic masterpiece of an emotional tale of regret and forgiveness told through uh, a good Netflix lens. Did you like it for thematic elements? Did you like it for the story? Or did you find it was too slow, too sad, or too boring? Please let us know in the comments below if you really want to keep the conversation going, especially for a highly rated movie like this one. You can follow us on all of our social media, including on Twitter at WeBish underscore new or on Instagram at Walma Podcast. We also say you can listen to us on all of our host site, anchor.fm slash Walma Podcast or anywhere your podcasts are found. But make sure when you do, Garrett, what do you want to give us? I think we want a five-star review. Yes, if I could figure out how to sign that I would, I, and, and make that happen through the audio medium, I would. But other than that... Uh, we close the book on this wonderfully uh, beautiful uh, movie what are your final thoughts on a silent voice do not mess with a fierce and protective mother you will get burned and you will piece of your ear I would rather take a, I would rather insult Jada Pinkett Smith before I let that mom <laughs> realize that I just wasted $17,000 worth of hearing oh that joke's gonna be so well for <laughs> So we're going to be practicing our sign languages. We're going to be feeding the boys bread. We're going to be trying to get the X's off of everybody's faces. All in all, to wish you all fantastic. See you next week. Take care, y'all. Top.